Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag and Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. He's having a midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah, mid-season mid-season crisis. Mid-season midlife. It's like he woke up one day and he was like, I'm a 36-year-old man and I'm on The Bachelor dating a bunch of 24-year-olds in multicolored swim trunks. I like those trunks. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, despite myself. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about The Bachelor franchise where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. Hello and welcome to Here to Make Friends. This is a show where women talk about women competing for a man's approval and butt squeezes. Unfortunately, this week there's a bit of a lady shortage, both last night's episode, kind of a bloodbath, and also on the podcast today. In case you hadn't noticed, I'm flying solo, Emma's out of town, but we can still have fun once we get over the stage where we're shaken and confused and crying quietly into our gauzy resort kimonos because our friends are disappearing without warning. It's okay. Here to discuss episode six, the one where everyone gets chopped, our lovely guest, Kate Dries, deputy editor of Jezebel.com. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. So this is more of like a one-on-one situation. Usually it's like a two-on-one. Yeah, and then Um, I get cut and go home. Yeah, it's a reverse bachelor (laughs) situation normally. Um, And this, I don't really have a template for this. We haven't done a one-on-one podcast in a while, but I think we're going to get through it. Just like the women did last night. Some of them. Some some of the women made it through, and some of the women really did not. Um, So we start all the way back with a cliffhanger. I'm losing track of all the cliffhangers. Yeah, I think we're now at... At least three, maybe four, where they haven't ended in a rose ceremony. So I'm assuming next week they're going to have to jiggle some stuff around to to get it back on track. It is it is a little bit annoying. I'll say it throws the rhythm off in a weird way, especially if you do it for too many episodes in a row. It's like, what's happening when? Yeah, it it really loses the impact when they just keep doing it. It's like, okay, I'm just expecting that there's not going to be a rose ceremony tonight and I'm going to go to bed without that fulfillment of knowing who went home. Right. Um, and this is like our at least our second straight Taylor Karim-themed cliffhanger. Which uh, – Can you believe Taylor was still around at the beginning of this episode? <laughs> so much happened since then. I mean – it's also amazing, like, how briefly she was around, though. Like, yeah. I kind of thought they were going to milk that even more than they already have been. And clearly they had too much to get through. And so she said Thank her God. piece. Um, Nick was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I think my favorite <laughs> quote was when he said, I still have things I need to figure out. Like, yeah, yeah that's what you're doing on the show. <laughs> yeah. Also, whenever he says about Corinne, I still see potential for something there with her. I'm like, I- we know what you see potential yeah. for it there. Like, yeah. you can – it's okay. We know what kind of guy you are now. <laughs> um, and, but, like, this is sort of what they did with Chad, too, where there was mm-hmm. a big cliffhanger to him coming back. And then he came back and was sort of like, hey, guys, yeah. I'm leaving now. Ten up, And like then ten he minutes. left. Yeah. yeah. Um, so shouldn't be surprised. And, what, and they really ha- teased hard. Uh, Corinne may be also going home. Um, lots of discussion of two girls going home on the two-on-one date. Of course, that was a misdirect. Yeah. Um, that one almost got me, I'll be honest. Yeah, they, they edited the promo really well. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, maybe she'll go home. Because they directly Wrong. said right. 
has that ever happened before that two girls have gone home on right. a two-on-one or something like that? And you're like, how? what else could it possibly be? Right. And foolish us. Like, I know. There's always I'm, something else I should be, be better than this, and I'm not still. I know. <laughs> I, sort, I almost thought Ben was going to propose to JoJo last season. Like, I am so gullible. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how that's, I can enjoy the show. That's pretty bad, Claire. <laughs> I know. And I was watching it, actually, at the Jezebel thing with all the mm-hmm. people, and everyone was like— this is so lame. We all know what's going to happen. I was like, I don't know, guys. It might be JoJo. <laughs> um, but um, I let listen. That's what allows me to really have fun with this show. Yeah, take um, what like you a, can get. Yeah, I like have the perspective of a child. Um, okay, so Taylor leaves again. Corinne really hates Taylor. She thinks she's an evil bitch, et cetera, et cetera. And she says, what I learned today is cats have nine lives and bitches have two. Do you think she is writing her own lines or, like, getting producer help? I never know because – She has too many, like, quippy so little – I noticed I wrote a few of Raven. Raven had some good ones this Raven episode did. too. Those felt a little more genuine to me. But also Corinne's could totally be hers and she just prepped them before the show. Because, like, she so clearly planned out her entire arc on this television show. She's, like, an animated Instagram personality. (laughs) So, like, to to me it feels natural that she would say stuff like that. Because if I saw that girl on Instagram, like, her memes and stuff and her selfies, that's what she would be saying. But it does seem unlikely that they're – I think it's most likely that the producers just, like, give her champagne and let her go for, like, three hours. Yeah. And they're like, there's bound to be – like, they're like, what did you learn today, Corinne? First five (laughs) answers are Are golden. And then then suddenly it starts to flow. Um, I did – I just stylistically – I felt like there was a lot of good stuff in this episode style-wise just because – they go to St. Thomas or whatever. Mm-hmm. But before they even get there in the rose ceremony, she's wearing – have you noticed this is like a trend on this show and others where it's like the slit in the dress is like in the middle of the thigh and it just basically makes you look like you're wearing a dress that's too small for you. <laughs> and I have been started noticing oh, this everywhere and she was wearing it and I was like, of course she was wearing that dress. <laughs> you know what? I've never thought about it that way. You're, once you see it, you will and not be able to unsee it. Now I'm it. thinking of my one skirt that has a slit like that and I'm like, I'm burning that when I get home. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's, Sorry to ruin your closet. It was from Forever 21. It was like $3. Um <laughs> No, that's a really – there are certain specific things that keep cropping up on The Bachelor even like as other tops. styles change. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like Or like uh, we saw a lot of rompers this episode. So many rompers, a lot of kind of like fl- – I mean once you get to the tropical lands, they bring out every single flowing oh, yeah. dress in a bright color possible. Oh, yeah. A lot of resort wear. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is I've learned a category. Like when I try to go buy a sweater at J. Crew in the winter, there aren't any because right. all they're selling is resort wear. Because right. apparently J. Crew customers just vacation all winter. Yeah, it makes me feel great. Um, I I wanted to call out Jamie's cocktail party look because I thought she looked awesome. What was she right wearing? before she got cut? Well, yeah. I was, <laughs> right before she went home, <laughs> she had like a sparkly sort of dress on but she was wearing like lilac lipstick very purple lip yeah and her hair her hair was sort of piled up yeah she does take some risks which i appreciate yeah. um later on speaking of raven did you notice that her dress she was at one point wearing like a neon yellow but it was shorts and then just kind of a robe over it no. Yeah, go back and check oh that God. out. I think it's, I'm getting desensitized to Bachelor. It was really like no outfit I've ever seen before. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're going to be seeing it everywhere soon because yeah. <laughs> they're the trendset, and she owns a fashion boutique. So. Oh, you're right. Never forget. Yeah. Her beautiful boutique. So that's the thing. She has the pick of whatever right. clothes she wants, uh, as opposed to well, I guess Corinne probably does too. Yeah. Um, and they came up with a neon yellow shorter all sort of thing yeah. and um, a dress that looks too small. Yeah. So they're doing great. Um, so at the rose ceremony, there's no cocktail party because Nick knows what he wants to do, which he should at this point because there are like five women who he ever speaks to. Right. And everyone else. Right. So Corinne and Rachel already have roses. And roses also go to Christina, Raven, Vanessa, Danielle L, Jasmine, Whitney, Danielle M. And going home are Alexis, Josephine, and Jamie. Hardly knew ye. 
Yeah. Alexis was a little sad, but I know she'll be great on Paradise. So it's like she wasn't meant for this. world. That's like where she's meant to shine. Mm -hmm. You know, she actually has a sense of humor. It'll it'll be able to be in full effect there. Yeah. She's more of like a like The Bachelor is so much about self-control and she's more of like a good time girl. Yeah. And that's that's a whole different show. Yeah. Um, And she made it far enough to get invited. So that's perfect. Um, Jamie, not surprised, kind of sad that. She only appeared to have, like, two very briefly clipped-in conversations about how she's bisexual. Yeah. <laughs> and then, bye. Um, Josephine, I hate now because she was backing Corinne up, and I'm just a complete anti-Corinne person. Honestly, like, I could not even tell you what her <laughs> face looks like. I'm trying to visualize Josephine it. Josephine has, like, really strong features and long blonde hair. Oh, yes. I yeah. bet she'll be on Paradise, too. I could see that. She's like a theater girl. We saw some evidence of that. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was really painful. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> um, and so, Okay. So finally, they're heading out of the country. They're going to St. Thomas to a St. Thomas hotel. Is this the best hotel they've been in yet this season? They seemed excited. They seemed into it. But they I, were also excited by the Marriott. I will say the entire time they were in St. Thomas, I was like, I want to go on vacation. Mm. And then immediately started looking up flights to Jamaica afterwards. So good marketing. <laughs> Maybe not for that hotel. Yeah, I know. You're like, I'd like to go on vacation, but not here. <laughs> um, yeah. I, at one point, Jasmine was like, I don't need to be here. I've already been to St. Thomas. And I was like, it's not really like a one-time thing. It's right. a tropical vacation. That seems like it would be fun every time. Though they definitely were there in the off-season, right? Because they— film this and I'm sure they were there in like October and it did not yeah. look incredibly It looked beautiful. a little stormy. A little stormy, especially when, you know, Nick goes off on his date with Christina. Mm-hmm. They've been doing a lot of that like starting the date with the group all standing there and everyone's like, it's what are we going to do? Form and then, right, like, yeah, we're so excited. And then it's like, you're coming with me and the rest of you are going back to the hotel and you can just feel like the air kind of like suck out of the space. Yeah, it's very – like I, I thought it was like a special thing for the Milwaukee date because right. he was welcoming them to his hometown. But I'm sure even if it was, they were like, this is brilliant. All the girls feel like crap. They just got rejected right. in front of everyone else. Right, and they like are now standing on this windy dock in a romper yeah, wishing they had like a sweater and some ice cream or something. That would be a good combo, like <laughs> cool you down a little bit, warm yeah. you up a little bit. Um, well, and we find out <laughs> – a little bit in between uh, Christina's date, the luxuries that they're enjoying at the hotel, including a nanny named Lorna. That after the plantation oh god thing from last week's episode, and then you know watching a middle-aged black woman like dote on Corinne, I was like, I I'm not here for this. Like I thought I it was like a this. challenge at first. I was like, am I watching a show where she's going to be coming in and it'll seem like she's there to help them and then she'll say, but actually this is a date where you have to help me clean the hotel. (laughs) This is not that show. No. Um, Corinne uh, was going to spend the whole day in bed drinking champagne. Right. As one does. Right. When one has some time to relax. Um, And the great thing about champagne is when you open a bottle you really have to finish it. You do have to finish it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't doesn't stick. Yeah, that's the best thing about it. Um, but then Lorna shows up, and Lorna allows her to really go to the next level of luxury. Um, she can sit by the pool without her towel getting messed up because Lorna will come smooth the towel out. Lorna brings her pina colada. She brings her lobster dip. Corinne just likes listing things that people do in service yeah. of her. I mean, at least she recognizes that it's happening, but... Um, it's more like she's sort of like pleased with herself for having someone waiting on her. I will say, despite, you know, a few Corinne highlights this episode, it was mercifully free of her. And I found it about 5,000 times more interesting because of it. Whenever they rely and they always, I, I have started kind of formulating structure theories about the show (laughs) because I've been watching it for too long and that's all I care about. And whenever they rely too much, like Chad is a great example, they rely Mm. too much on a villain character as the drama because, like, not enough has happened with the relationships to develop. It just – I, like, totally lose steam. I'm like, I just cannot care one more iota about this girl. And so finally in this episode, I was like, yeah, there's other stuff to pay attention to. Yeah, it gets a little more layered. Um, And we see, like, a a variety of different kinds of conflicts happening, although not all of them are very well edited. 
um, as we'll get into. Um, but yeah, Corinne, now that Taylor's gone, doesn't have a foil. She kind of falls into the background a little bit, hangs out with Lorna, who brings her stuff. And meanwhile, Christina is on her one-on-one, where it does look pretty... All I could think about was that it looked, like, sweaty and, like, they were going to get bitten by mosquitoes. It looked very, like, muggy and gray. (laughs) There was definitely one shot later in the episode where Danielle L., like, just the way they had kind of cropped the shot, all I could stare at was just this massive mosquito bite on her leg. And I was like, that looks itchy and uncomfortable. I'm sorry, Danielle. Yeah, I don't handle mosquito bites on dates very well. I don't Um, handle mosquito bites... At any time, well, oh, no. so I can't imagine exactly. being in St. Thomas trying to like look romantic and oh, yeah. and beautiful I for have this no man. No shame. I would be like, I'm sorry, I need to go take a really hot shower because that's the only thing that soothes the itching. Um, <laughs> I know this is like our very rare bit of time together, but this is <laughs> right. I just won't be able to enjoy it, and that's why I would be exactly like Corinne if I were on the show. Um, so finally, uh, Christina gets the chance to kind of tell Nick all about her family history, and it's pretty dark. Uh, Christina is adopted from Russia. Um, her She has seven siblings, uh, three of them also adopted, and she has a sister in Russia. Um, and she kind of talks about her early childhood when she was living alone with her mom and they were in really deep poverty and had to eat lipstick because there wasn't enough food. Um, and then her mom kicks her out of the house when she's five years old, roughly. Yeah. It sounds – I mean, when on this show have you ever heard the words prostitution before? Like, unless someone was, like, accusing someone else oh, of yeah, being a prostitute. Oh, yeah, all the time. But, um, yeah, I felt like uh, Christina's – Dory was, like, one of the more interesting things I've heard ever on this program. Um, You could tell Nick really didn't know what to do with it. Oh, yeah. But um, she was, like, really even-keeled about it. I think a lot of times when women are kind of cast on this show for their tragic backstory, you end up, you know, watching them just kind of be manipulated into, like, a pile of tears and— it honestly makes me really sad for them. She seemed like she really had, like, ownership over this experience and was, like, very open about it. And it was nice to see her talk about it when, like, the last time she wanted to tell Nick about it, he was like, maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I that's kind of what I was hoping would happen is that he would follow that up by actually giving her a one-on-one right after. Because he sort of said, we don't have time to talk about this now, but thanks for being here. Right. I definitely want to affirm that you are here. And I was like, well, then you have to give her that time. And and he did. Uh, He definitely did not know how to handle it. And I think it was Danielle M's date when I thought that he handled her tragic revelation pretty well. Um, And this was like a step beyond for him. He was like, I don't even know. Like I grew up in Waukesha and my parents have been married for, you know, however many millions of years that he's so obsessed with. Which is so rare. Yeah. So, so, so rare. Do you know anyone whose parents are still married? Yes, but not for that long. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But I don't know many people who are Nick's age. I don't know. You mean elderly? Elderly. He's an elderly (laughs) gentleman. Um, I don't know many people, like elderly men, whose parents are still married. <laughs> um, so, like, the thing that, that got to me about Nick and Christina's date is he seemed really impressed by her. And he seemed – like, they do have some chemistry. She's definitely his type and, like, physically. Yeah, for sure. But I wonder if it – it doesn't seem fair to say this, but there's such a huge gap in life experience there. Yeah, it didn't seem like they had necessarily a ton in common. Right. And he he said, you know, I can't even begin to imagine, which he can't, and it's good that he knows that, but that leaves them with a the huge chasm and understanding that's Right. Hard. It's like what life traumas has Nick ever been through? The Bachelor. Right. At, is his, the Bachelorette. Is his big life trauma <laughs> is that he's been on this show for four seasons. Yeah, he was Which like, is normally, self-inflicted. Normally now when you start talking about your co- trauma, I talk about how I was dumped on The Bachelorette. Right. But I can't do that because that Twice. would look really tacky right now. <laughs> so Right. So he just has to like nod. It sort of reminded me of um, Brad Womack's second season where people would talk mm-hmm. about things and he would just kind of like – 
furrow his brow and like stoically stare at them and like nod like mm, yes that's an interesting comparison <laughs> because i think that brad decided he was going to pick emily like right away mm-hmm. so absolutely I- now, now in hindsight i'm like how did i even watch this season she was while it was happening we all knew that emily was like the shining star yeah and then also looking back now she was like 24 and he was A 30 child yeah it crazy. was if that, if she I had seemed been older it now. because she had also had a you know tragic backstory yeah, and, and a, child. a child. Yeah, <clears throat> no, that's true. And she was very like put together in the southern right. tradition, right? But um, so young. The only moment, yes, that I would ever compare Brad and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Though they Ugh. both have been on multiple seasons of this show, so I guess they have. they have more in common than I think. Yeah, and their redemption story is he didn't end up with someone on a previous season. Can he do it now? Right. Um. And Brad also – sorry, I'm now I'm, like, into this. But <laughs> but Brad had that intro uh, to one of the women where she slapped him for every woman in America. Oh, yeah. And it reminded me of that when Taylor came out and was yeah. like, everyone hates you. Yeah. But all, I don't. Right. All my friends think you're an asshole. And he was <laughs> like, mmm, I'm loving this vibe. So what I'm hearing is I'm not going to be accepted by your social circle. Right. Um, that seems like a great start. <laughs> um, yeah. So – Christina, Nick, fine. Yeah. Yeah. He gives her the rose. um, And then it's time for a group date. Love is a beach with Rachel Raven, Vanessa, Corinne, Danielle M. and Jasmine. Jasmine is already we've seen have a little meltdown Mm -hmm. because she thought it was time for her to have a one on one. And she didn't get one. She tries to be sort of gracious about it. Like it's not Christina. It's her fault. I'm not upset, but it's not fair and is, like, in tears. So great setup for group date with Jasmine on a beach playing volleyball. Drunk. And <laughs> just yeah, like, everyone... like, why would you start a sports date by taking shots? I mean, it seemed perfect from a producer standpoint. Like, oh, that's why. Being competitive yeah. is, like, the best way to bring out the worst in people. I would say I'm, like— a decent human, <laughs> like somehow, debatable. <laughs> uh, somehow, when I start like do playing any game, I'm just like, Rrr. oh yeah. And especially when you add the layer of like these women want to impress Nick, they think that this game will, which is like they what? always think that, and he it never does. Care. The guys never like, wow, she really pulled out a great like sliding bumper or whatever yeah. volleyball terms there are. also like the sky was kind of overcast. It just looked yeah. like a bummer. Corinne was, again, very drunk. She, I think – what did Raven say? Raven said, uh, I'm sure Corinne would be an amazing volleyball <laughs> player if she wasn't drunk. <laughs> and it's like mm. – Yeah, that was good. I've, I've heard a lot of people like will say, oh, Corinne's always drunk or conversely, I don't want to assume that Corinne's drunk. Now we definitely know she's yeah. drunk, but like it was obvious. Um, she we very rarely see her say a sentence without slurring at least one of the words in it. Yeah, there were a few other like very classic producer tricks I thought in this uh, scene. Um, they do that thing to her where they like blur out the bottom of her bikini to make mm. it seem like it's like inappropriate for TV. When I like highly doubt that it like yeah. is worse than anything you'd see on like Scandal. I think that started with Jillian. Yeah, and they haven't let it go uh, and I find it really boring and uninteresting. Yeah. Um and rude. Like Yeah. Oh, and then chill. like in the preview they made it look like ja- like the the volleyball game got so intense that Jasmine like violently pushed Corinne over <laughs> and then like in the actual episode you see that they're just like drunk and like falling over yes. the place. Jasmine's kind of getting a little punchy, like punch drunk. Right, like, but Corinne's just like Mah! Yeah, like first Jasmine, at least the way it's edited, is sort of roughhousing with Nick, trying to get his attention, like kid on a playground style. And then she's sort of roughhousing with Corinne, who isn't into it. But yeah, it's not really an incident at all. Some weird, like open ended edits in this part of the episode that did not. That didn't track. They did not track very well. Like the date basically just like. Fizzles out. You have, like, all these women sitting separately, like, staring out into the water. It's very weird. And it seemed very clear that, like, Nick was clearly elsewhere having, like, one-on-one time with someone. And they just, like, decided not to air any of that footage. Yeah. It's very odd because 
Um, well, part of it, I think, is they set up a competitive date, which is great for generating conflict, but they did it pretty late in the season with a small group of girls. Like, normally right. you would see a date like this, like the second episode, like we did with the track and field thing. Right, or like soccer or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so they're at a point now, <clears throat> sorry, where the girls are more invested. They're feeling more jealous. They're pretty close to the time when they're all going to be separated from each other. Yeah. And they throw in the competitive date. And apparently, and this is what Emma sent me, this, a text <laughs> that she she heard um, that on this uh, date, the reason that the girls were got so upset is because the winning team was supposed to get extra time with Nick, like on a oh. classic competitive group date situation. Right. And the winning team was Rachel, Raven, and Corinne. However, uh, when Vanessa started crying because she wasn't getting time, he let them all have more time. So it was the classic, first you upset half of them, and then you upset all of them. All the girls feel like they aren't special. Yeah, it's really too late in the game to be doing that, like, that level of a mind game. Like, the tricks have to be a little more subtle, I think. Like, I feel like the producers are really just trying to fuck next season over. Like, they're (laughs) like, wouldn't it be more interesting, though, if all the girls hated him? Um, Because, like— Vanessa yeah. and Rachel at this point have had these really strong one-on-one dates with him. They're expecting to get singled out to get special time. Right. And they really question themselves when that doesn't happen. And we saw Vanessa saying, you know, I've been so patient. I can't keep doing this. That was probably in reference to the whole thing they cut out right. where yeah. she wasn't going to get time with him. It with was them. just like very – that makes so much sense. There was just a lot of stuff where I was like there is clearly a huge chunk of this that you just like lifted out. And think that it's sort of working this way, and I, like I don't buy any of yeah, it. Yeah, it didn't because basically they were all playing. At one point, Corinne goes over because as Corinne has a lot of non sequiturs in this episode, she thinks she's very athletic, but also she hates playing volleyball, and she wants to go take a nap. So instead, she goes to go take a shot, and Nick sort of follows her, um, and the girls, other girls, get kind of annoyed by this. At the same time, it's a three-on-three game. So, you know, you need to keep the numbers even. And then they kind of flow that into Vanessa and Rachel not wanting to play anymore. Right. And the date falling apart. But that doesn't really seem to follow on each They don't seem to follow on each other. Um, it just seems spontaneous that half the women are pissed right. and sad. And then he's like, everyone's mad. And I, what's going on? And so then you kind of go into the cocktail party later and he's like, what does he say? He says something about like, I guess I'm basically just implies that he knows he has to do like a lot of damage control. Yeah. Some of which went better than others. Definitely. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but please don't go anywhere. When we get back, Kate and I will have more on this amazing episode of The Bachelor. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. (laughs) So important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with 
factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some pretty delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, high Tyler Cameron, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. Plus, they're dedicated to really thoughtful craftsmanship that honestly stands the test of time and looks good doing it. Article offers fast, affordable shipping across the U.S. and Canada. Plus, they won't leave you waiting around. You pick the delivery time and they'll send you updates every step of the way. I have long been an article girly, like every room of my house my house, my apartment, (laughs) you can see article furniture in. Most recently, we updated our balcony, you know, just in time. It's finally balcony season again, finally warming up in New York. And I have been out there with my coffee, sitting in the toady beach sand dining chair, which is a great little lounger for a small space. Again, New York City apartment. And uh, it just really like elevates our deck. That and the ottoman we bought to go with it. So comfortable, so chic. Also can withstand a whole lot of rain. So important. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. They're having their Memorial Day sale from May 13th to May 27th, which would be the perfect time to use your store credit on top of sale prices. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list, as they should, because it's very important. If that's you, then make this year the year you finally check it off your list. 
with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Wow, that is really fast. Their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning link... Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. I personally used Babbel before I headed off to Paris for three weeks, and it was so helpful just kind of giving me back the basic understanding of French, allowing me to interact with people in restaurants, in shops, and, you know, just not make a total fool of myself when in a foreign country. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash LTSI. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash LTSI. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash LTSI. Rules and restrictions may apply. Before we get back to the show... Have you had a chance to find Here to Make Friends on iTunes? If not, now is the perfect time to subscribe and give us a rating. Every time we get a new subscription or review, our show climbs the iTunes chart, which helps other people discover our show. Okay, now back to the show. So I guess the cocktail hour was just going to originally be Rachel, Corinne, and... Raven, mm-hmm. um, but it ends up being all the women, and so Jasmine is still like increasingly probably the shots are not helping, really bugging out. Um, but Nick steals all the other women first to talk to them, or at least they made it look like he did. Yeah, and she reacts as though that's happening. Right. She, it seemed... she definitely doesn't get yeah called f- first. No, for sure. I mean, but again, like, why would he? They have. At this point in the game, it's like read the clues. Like right. you, and this it's is like something the like situation, right? Like this is something I've heard from like a lot of, you know, a lot of former contestants have said this. Like later on, is like at a certain point, you like know what's going to happen, and you just kind of like ride it out because like you're on this free vacation essentially. Um, and I guess Jasmine was like, she claims she's really into Nick. I'm like. I think a lot of it is just like Stockholm syndrome where yeah. you have tricked yourself into thinking that you're super amped about this person, especially because you're spending so much time thinking about them because that's literally why you're there and they're spending like one-eighth of the time thinking about you. So just like automatically it, the scales are so unbalanced. Yeah, and I don't think that she is comfortable with that dynamic and that's kind of the primary focus. Like the way that Taylor's primary focus became whether Nick – could like someone like Corinne. Right. Jasmine's primary focus is why should I spend my time on a guy who isn't focused on me? Right. Which is a fair question, except that that is the, the structure of the, of the show. show. <laughs> yeah. It sort of starts to go out the window. Um, yeah. But first, Nick talks to Rachel. Um, he can tell she's upset. And she does not reassure him on that front. It was a very rocky conversation, I thought. I felt like I sort of wonder sometimes, um, you know, how much can you trust, you know, whether you like characters or not on the show or people on the show? Because Rachel is obviously like a huge fan favorite. She seems like really smart, really good head on her shoulders, um, was really like interesting and and chill in the New Orleans state they had. Um, And then I sort of wonder, like, once you think that about someone – and the show wants you to think that about someone, or they just use it just a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? And I felt like that conversation mm-hmm. was definitely one of those things where I was like, yeah, she's like handling this like about as well as you could. <laughs> and then it's like you watch Jasmine and like Jasmine handled this about as terribly as you could. And I'm sure the truth is like Somewhere a little right, like a little less clear cut than I think it is from watching this episode. That's definitely true. And I think that we're also capable of being switched. More than because, like, I think that Taylor was relatively popular at first, yeah, and then they did a really great job of setting her her up against Corinne, yeah, like uptight and exactly. Um, and so that totally flipped, and then people started to feel bad for Corinne in that scenario. 
um, which I still don't really understand. Yeah. But um, no, it's true when you when you like someone and sometimes people accuse accuse us of being biased and i'm like yeah i'm a human person i like some of them better well um, i also think that you can see how nick responds to mm-hmm. them right and that changes like i think you're more apt to be sympathetic to someone that he is you know having a positive interaction with unless everything else you're being told about that person is that they're like two-faced and terrible which is always the case with at least one person every season right and sometimes that's true i think like it was really interesting to see kind of rachel be like i'm having a hard time but like express it pretty calmly and like he was clearly rattled by the conversation and then like counterpoint that with like jasmine who was like i just want to choke you and he was like oh man i've never (laughs) sorry i'm getting ahead of myself i've never seen (laughs) his reaction was so normally he's like kind of diplomatic yeah oh my god he was just like i don't like this (laughs) yeah that was okay well yeah we have to really go in on that i think the the thing that really got me about the nick and rachel conversation it's, it reminded me of when he talked to Vanessa mm-hmm. about Corinne and the bouncy house. Yeah. Is that R- Rachel sort of expressed that she wasn't sure that she needed to be there and he got really freaked out. Yeah. Um, and started trying to like interrupt her and convince her to stay. Yeah. And finally she's like, you know, well, I'll let you know how I'm doing. Like even if I'm on my way out, I'll let you know. And he's like, "What? No, like right. not, not then. Before that, and then I'll fix it." Right. <laughs> you need to like. So he was still, I think, not feeling amazing at the end of that conversation. He's not like a natural. I think because he has been like a non-lead so mm-hmm. many times. He, it's clearly not his what he's used to. Right. Like being in the power position quote-unquote he like doesn't he like at times knows what he's doing and then at other times is like wait no but I'm I'm the contestant and I'm supposed to be convincing you and it's like he doesn't he doesn't know how to kind of like throw that power around a little bit for his own benefit no he's bad at compartmentalizing his relationships and he's also yeah he's used to being the one who puts all the the work in yeah um which you know I I think that could be a good thing once he actually ends up with someone. Right, totally. If that ever happens. We believe in you, Nick. <laughs> um, Corinne is also having a really hard time. I wrote in my notes. I, I'm sure she just said that. <laughs> She's was having this, a really hard time. Was this the point that she said, I want to go lie down? She says that every episode. She said it like several times. Yeah. I can't keep up. I'm, I think they just don't even bother including her naps anymore. They're just assumed. Yeah. Um, and... So Jasmine finally gets pulled aside by Nick, and she is already – she's been, like, drunkenly monologuing to everyone as they quietly stare at her awkwardly. Um, Everyone's just kind of like, oh, no. Yeah, like, no one wants to be the one to say, Jasmine, maybe he's just not interested. Right. So instead they just watch her while she rants. Um, okay, so they sit down at a picnic table, as one does. Sure. A romantic date. And she starts to say that she just really is frustrated. She wants time and she's not getting his attention or his validation. And she's just so frustrated. She's so frustrated. She just wants to choke him. Yeah, and his face... (laughs) I feel like it's like burned in my redness. Like he just was like, "Oh, this is not good." Like, and then because especially because she doesn't notice that he's right, she, or she notices that he's freaked out, and she's like, "I know how I can fix this. I'll actually lightly choke him right. to show him." It's was such a like, "This is my personality, and I'm going to be like kind of. I think we're being funny and playful, and I don't actually know this person very well, and they." are exhausted and, like, have just spent a day and night, like, placating all these other women that they actually have relationships with. And I've, like, convinced myself that we're at a place that we are not at all. Um, And it was really interesting to see how just, like, a switch turned on in his brain. He was like, this is it. Like, it's such a hard balance, I think, to strike between, like, what someone can do effectively to be, like, this is annoying me. Pay attention to me and to kind of like turn on that part of a person's brain that is like, oh, they like me. I'm like fucking up. I need to do something better. And like overboard, which is what yeah. Jasmine did. Well, I think there is 
an element that you can't control, which is as someone who has been in the Jasmine situation and the Rachel situation in the past on The Bachelor. No, I'm (laughs) Um, No, but like you can't control whether that person cares whether you leave. Um, And, you know, I've talked about like being in a a really on and off relationship in college to our our poor listeners but like (laughs) there would there were times in the relationship when it was relatively strong and if I threatened to be like I can't put up with this he would I would know I had that power like he cared and then there were the times when I'd try to pull it and he'd be like I'm so fed up with this I literally couldn't give less of a crap right now right and Jasmine, she can't like, control whether he cares. Right. She, like, kind of vastly – and I'm – you know, who knows what the producers were telling her. Like, who knows what else was happening. Um, but, like, clearly the situation aligned itself enough that she kind of thought this was the move and it, like, really was not the move. Yeah. It's one of those that, like, sometimes the move really is to just be honest and to assume a little bit more intimacy than you already have. Right. Because that but tricks like a, their brain into thinking that— A little bit that, is the key right. term. Also, I just don't think that they're a good match. Like, clearly, no. clearly, if he was into that sort of thing, then he would have been like, where's the side of you been all along? I do think— So what's crazy is he sends her home, and then, like, that—the date is over, and you don't, like, he doesn't—you don't see him telling the women. Yeah. So, like, that was another very weird editing thing where it was like, oh, they just jammed all this stuff into this episode. Yeah, we just found out about the group date, Rose, because um, in a voiceover. Right, like, Raven— Raven got the rose. Right, we just hear someone say that. Um, But my—the one thing Jasmine did say before she left that I thought was really notable was she said, um, I don't think it's going to work out for him. And she, the way she said it, like, obviously it was coming from a place of anger and frustration. Yeah. But it was so matter-of-fact that I was like, oh, that is, like, the meanest thing you can say to Nick or about yeah. Nick. Like, that is, like, his biggest nightmare is that, that is, he's going to really be rejected. It feels like she really zeroed in on that and was like, play that for him. Right, and then exactly. I'll get my own back. Another thing that Emma <laughs> heard from <laughs> her source mm-hmm. um, is that they cut out a lot more of Jasmine's flip out. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, and it did seem very tame. Yeah. Given how like upset she had been the rest of the episode. Yeah. Um, and also that he had wanted to send her home earlier, but producers wouldn't let him. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. surprise me because they didn't really have. And that's why I think it, I would get a little crazy is you is wanting to be like, but really, am I here because right. producers see a need for me or am I here because you like me? And that's all you have to think about. Yeah. Um, apparently, there was even more uh, of a fallout from that situation. But we don't see it. We don't see the group date rose. Um, and then they're kind of go on to this this two on one that both the women two on one. are like, why am I in this two on one? They just couldn't get enough of the two on one dynamic this um, season. Yeah, it's it was Whitney interesting. And Danielle L. It was interesting how Danielle L said <clears throat> she like I like it when they kind of openly acknowledge the manipulations of the show, <laughs> and when she said, um, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Like, like we don't have drama the way Corinne and Taylor do. And it, yeah. I was like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but maybe that's why. I mean, Whitney, it was like he has no relationship with her. So they needed to bring Whitney on a two on one just so that we would see her have an emotion which or speak some words. Barely happened. Not real. Like just a little bit of annoyance mainly was the primary emotion that we ended up seeing. Like her, really? I do okay. think the like whoever does production and like picks these locations. The location choices for two-on-ones are always, like, above and beyond the best ones. Like, isolated, can do, like, a cool helicopter shot. So we pan out to this, like, person who's been left alone on a beach. I wonder if the location scout just found that spot and was like, we need to do a two-on-one here. (laughs) I have the whole thing, like, frame by frame plotted out in my mind. It was very, very reminiscent of Ben and Olivia's two-on-one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, basically, like, just Again, in a different... Again, also, like, the off-season, slightly off-season weather. And right, it, like, and she's, beautiful. like, just shivering alone, <laughs> like, oh, it's just so cruel. Um, and Danielle also says um, another thing about the date dynamic that was very honest and um, acknowledges what's really going on in the show, which is that it, you know... We just had a great one-on-one. It's really 
hurtful right. to get a two-on-one. It was basically She's, like undermining yeah. their relationship or what she thought it was. Yeah, because the person – the two-on-one – is is a death sentence. No one really makes it out of the two on one, even if even the person who makes it out. Right. Um, but often they don't acknowledge that or they have a little bit of maybe false hope. Right. Um it to was, have her see, say, like, oh, so this is it. Like this he doesn't really care about yeah. the relationship. And it also the one thing I thought was sort of funny <laughs> was that was that they Vanessa kept calling her D-Lo. Oh, yeah. Which I loved because I was like, oh, so these are like – this is like what's <laughs> happening in the house. Especially because – I don't know if you read this, but um, I read that like earlier in the season, Vanessa and Danielle had like some tension or something. Danielle and they just, L? Yeah, and they just never aired it oh. um, because it doesn't kind of fit into their arc of like right. – um, I think that was like a Reality Steve thing. I'm going to shout out my my best friend. <laughs> By that, I mean I just read him. No, I could see that because Danielle and um, Vanessa are both kind of sweethearts and they don't want to necessarily sacrifice right. their images. Right. Um, but, yeah, so it was weird to see her just like she multiple times was like D-Lo. And I was like, is that what we're calling her? <laughs> weird nickname. Um, yeah, well, I guess because there's two Danielles. Yeah. Which, it's like I, I, I thought it was weird and then I was like, what? what is, is it more or less weird than, than them sitting Danielle around M. being like, Danielle L right. is going on the date. <laughs> like they're in preschool. <laughs> <laughs> which Danielle is going on the date, honey? Oh, it's Danielle L. Yeah. It is interesting, though, because when they kind of, you know, he sends Whitney home. What even happened there? It was like the fastest two-on-one I've ever seen. It was serious. It was an interview. He yeah. he does a little sit-down with Whitney. Where, <laughs> right. And he's not even really interviewing her. He's telling her right. what he sees in her. Which is nothing. Yeah. It's very calming how she doesn't stimulate him at all in any right. way. And then – so then he like goes to dinner with Danielle. But it's still like you can tell she's still like not sure what's going on. I mean he – doesn't look like he knows what's he's like why am i here right where am i he's right. having a midlife crisis <laughs> yeah mid-season mid-season crisis. midlife um it's like he woke up one day and he was like i'm a 36 year old man and i'm on the show on, like on the bachelor dating a bunch of 24 year olds in multicolored swim trunks i like those trunks me too <laughs> <laughs> uh, despite myself i was like yep i like those yeah i can't uh, i like a stylish trunk yeah uh, <laughs> Oh, boy. Anywho. um, Yeah, so their dinner is – you can tell it's going sideways. And Um, that she kind of tries to rectify it by being like, I'm falling in love with you, essentially. Yeah, because he's just being silent. She's like, what does one say to fill such a silence as this? Oh. I I am falling in love with you. I did like it when they talked about, like, words to describe the relationship they'd want. And he said – Raw. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you like that? It was so funny. I couldn't s- stop cringing for 10 minutes afterwards. Um, Other words why used, would you like use regular words, word? honest, trust, like like those are the other ones. And then he's just like, raw. Raw. I want a raw <laughs> Danielle's relationship. Like, uh-huh. Can you be raw with me, Danielle? And she's like, um, actually, that's not really, not really my more, style. But it was, uh, I mean, it's not really. Danielle's fault because that is kind of a an intense question to have sprung on you and he had had time to think about it but I think his question was assuming that you have a loving honest trusting relationship what other qualities do you want and she said love yeah no yeah that was so bad (laughs) and he's like okay well I would say that I want a raw adventurous relationship what do you think about that I mean we know that he loves the passion oh yeah well that's the thing it Given his persona and how worried he is that people will think he's the sex bachelor. Right. You think he would would pick a different word? word. (laughs) Because now everyone's just going to be thinking about, like, does he use a condom? Yeah. I mean, literally the joke that my friend Franny and I were making (laughs) as we watched it last night. Shout out to her. Could not. Could not stop thinking about that, which is bad. It's his fault. What is he doing? He had time to prepare that. But that was that sort of seemed like the lifeline he threw out to her where he was like, this is something is off here, but maybe she'll say something that shows that we have a real compatibility. And instead, um, 
he continues to look more and more like he's having some like a gastrointestinal incident. And and then wait, how does they? He how sends her it, home. Right, he sends her so home. So he sort of picks up the rose. And oh, which says, is so rude when they pick it up and then that. put it down. And uh, and then they do the thing where they're like, from the beginning, yeah, I was so drawn to you. And but. every day since then, <laughs> I've been drawn to you. I really want to give you this rose, but, but I, can't. I can't. It's really mean. Want to, but I can't. Also, they know what's coming. Like, they're not idiots. They've yeah. seen the show. Danielle's face gets really set about three words into his speech, so yeah. she knows. Um, but Nick gets pretty emotional in his in the moment, which is clearly taped after that. So he's gotten a little upset. And I wrote down what he said. Um, he says— hey, I forgot he cried. I was like, how does this episode end? He's crying. He's weeping. <laughs> he weeps just through the rest of what we're going to talk about. He says, uh, this is the second time of someone telling me they're falling in love with me and my heart feels differently. It's not a good feeling. Um, And he says it's difficult when it's someone where at the beginning you'd think you were so lucky to fall in love with this person. And then they tell you they're falling in love with you, but your heart says no. So he seems shaken to his very core. Right, he just, like, barges in there, gives this little speech, and oh, then just yeah. leaves. <laughs> and all the women are like, he's what's like, happening? He's like, I know what I need to do. I need to go tell the women that I'm having doubts about all of our relationships. Right. <laughs> That's what I have to do now because honesty is the most important thing. Normally when they make, like, big sudden speeches like that, there's, like – like, they're more political and they're smarter about it. And they'll ki- <laughs> they kind of, like, won't be sobbing or they'll just be emotional and – then be like, but, you know, you know, X, Y, or Z, I'm still really happy to be here. And he just, like, dropped that bomb and ran. Yeah. Or if if they say something like, I'm not sure it's going to work, it'll be almost as punishment because there's some shit happening in the right. house. That's, like, other people's fault. Yeah. And he'll be, they'll be like, I really want this to work. But right now, I just don't know if I see my future wife in this room. Yeah. Mic drop. Leave. Yeah. But Nick has decided to just it felt <laughs> throw like that out there anyway. The weight of his past three seasons had, like, hit him really hard. Yeah. And he was like, what if I'm rejected again? I think he, like, would die, honestly. Like, couldn't a human oh, body handle that much humiliation? Yes. I'm telling you that it can. Um, <laughs> on national television? But you know what? I was younger. Yes. And on <laughs> national television. Um, <laughs> poor Nick. It made me think of – have you watched Burning Love? I talk about it Some too much. Some of it, yeah. Um, in the first season with Ken Marino, he has uh, – uh, a therapist that mm. he's supposed to see to right. talk about whether he's ready for a relationship. Um, and I really kind of think Nick actually needs a therapist. Well, I they love have to see them. them. I know, but, like, I'm not sure that they use them that much. Well, also, they're, like, paid by the show, so are yeah. they to be trusted? I wouldn't talk to them. I would, like, just, like, talk to myself in a corner and, like, record it and, like, watch it back or something. <laughs> oh, then you might not have the option of... <laughs> talking to a therapist or not you might be like mandated to talk to a therapist <laughs> at that point um i i kind of liked it though like as a viewer i liked this scene because i remember like i thought that ben was so cautious with burdening the women with his emotions yeah. up until the very end it was really hard for them to tell what was going on yeah he was always very even keeled yeah um nick is super emotional nick is very open with how he's feeling. Yeah. Um, which sometimes is nothing. Like a lot of the time he just seems like he could not be less interested. Yeah. Um but he's then when not he, good at hiding it for no. sure. Yeah. No. His like his eyes just like like there's this moment in the very beginning when Taylor is talking to him mm-hmm. and she's like, I want him to open his eyes. And then it cuts to him talking to her and his eyes are just wandering all around <laughs> anywhere but looking at her while she's talking. That's kind of the classic uh, Nick look on his dates is avoiding eye contact. <laughs> but um, but when he but then when he also can't really hide it very well when he's emotional. Yeah. Um, and he tells the women, I guess, in summary, his speech is that he felt very optimistic about Danielle and then their relationship fell flat. That is a quote, mm. which is a rough thing to say. Very hard to hear. Um, and uh, that he's afraid that that will happen with the other women in the house 
or the suite, the hotel suite, the luxurious hotel suite where they're staying. Um, and and then he bursts out. And, like, that's it, right? Yeah, the women are... Shocked. Raven is very sad that he might not find love, that he might just wander the earth. Um, <laughs> like, one half of the platonic soulmate. Um and then the being promo for next episode, because, of course, this is a cliffhanger. We didn't get a rose ceremony. I but, rem- but he already cut – he cut six women this episode. Right, but, like, some That's of those women were from – should have been from last episode. I know, you know? but st- three is a lot. Yeah. Um, so, like, are they even going to cut anyone? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one person? But that I'm would sure that'll bring him down to, what, five? Yeah, and then, you know, hometowns will be the week after. So timing-wise, yeah. I think it makes sense. Um, I think that, yeah, so next week's episode we see, like, Corinne is going to, like, do her sexy thing and, like, yeah. comfort him and, like, sneak She has sneak excellent off. sex abilities. Right. It's like, I've been waiting for this all season. Yeah. So excited to see what happens. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I I just, she's already whipped out the lingerie under what a trench coat. Else? like. That's the to, in my mind. That's like the the most sexy move you can pull. Yeah. Like there's nowhere to go from there. Um, but yeah. I guess she's gonna show him her platinum vagine. Yeah, which she's now mentioned twice. It's like a hard, unyielding vagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like a way that I think is particularly <laughs> sexy to describe your body, but. I'm glad that she's figured out a way to market herself successfully. Me too, man. It's it's really beautiful. Um, and did we really see it? That's the only thing I had written down for next week on. Yeah, that's what really stands out to me. I think there was like some other like happy stuff. So I'm sure things will turn around. I mean, I hope so. Can't be like depressing the rest of the We've season. We've seen Nick around town. So we know he's not right. actually at a sanitarium like, <laughs> right. mending his broken soul. So – Pretty eventful episode. Yeah, I will say it was the first one where I was like, oh, yeah, this is in the season when it starts to get kind of like the emotions are real and it's actually sort of interesting. Yeah, it and it's not just like so. all producer manipulation. Yeah, although, we, yeah, we still saw some of that, but it, they weren't relying on it quite so much. And it, it always happens so abruptly to me. I feel like it goes right from mm-hmm. early season, to nothing late, matters, yeah. to late season. I mean, I was literally writing last week, like, how boring this season has been, which, like, I still kind of stand by. But <laughs> now I'm like, Kate, you forgot. You fell for the tricks. <laughs> I will say I was waiting for, I was waiting for the bus last night. And I guess, like, these two guys were also waiting for the bus. And I guess they had also just left, like, a bachelor viewing oh party. God. And a limo pulled by. And one of them was like, Oh, that must be Nick from The Bachelor. And then another one said, "No, it's Danielle L." And then the other guy goes, "Did that like did that episode make you more positive about your quest for love?" Like a serious Wait, question. What? Yes, this actually happened. And then this guy started talking about how no, it made me think more about like what happened with me and Ashley. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is like oh better god. than the episode of television I just watched." That's amazing. I really would like to just see more men open up about their 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 relationship to the bachelor and the bachelor I think it's happening more and more and it's this beautiful. is proof positive. Yeah, like it's it's a great medium to to allow you to talk about love and journeys but also feminism and <laughs> just the the weird interplay of the two on the show. Um, but like I, th- I've a lot of men feel embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. Women find it really sexy when you talk about The Bachelor. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm speaking for all women here. Yeah, it's a true thing. Um, wow. Well, that's a really positive and uplifting note. I like it. To end I feel on. good right now. Yeah. I I have faith in Nick. Only in that he has to pick someone. He definitely has to pick someone, and I think we can all agree. On that. Um, so thank you so much for joining me today so I didn't have to do this all by myself. Talk to yourself. I'm happy to was, do it. You were missed. so much better than talking to myself. <laughs> uh, Emma, you were very missed. Though. Yes. We'll see you next week, Emma. And uh, come back soon, I hope, maybe when Rachel is the bachelorette. Oh, my God. Don't Please. even say that. I I'm jinxing it. it. I'm jinxing it. <laughs> 
And now, welcome to Feminism Fails, where we rate the most cringeworthy anti-lady moments of the week on our very own patented Feminism Fail Scale. One, you do you, bro. Two, that's questionable. Three, not cool people. Four, the 1950s are back. Five, gender equality is straight up dead. And now it's time for Feminism Fails. First of all, this week there was a pretty high across-the-board level of she's a bitch or she's not ready for a real relationship, barbs being thrown around by the women. Just going to give that a blanket three. Not like any individual offense being so bad, but that kind of talk is just like poisonous. Next, Corinne calls Lorna a version of Raquel as if, I don't know, their appliances or something like that. It's very dehumanizing the way that Corinne talks about Lorna and Raquel. Um, And I'm just going to give that a three because it really plays into this idea that women as domestic workers are are really just there to to serve people. Next, Jasmine. Uh, Jasmine keeps trying to choke Nick playfully. Uh, We didn't give Raven a pass on beating her boyfriend with a shoe, and I'm not going to give Jasmine a pass. Even though I think that she's joking, you can't just without consent attack people physically. Um, Just don't do it. Going to give that a four. And our tweet of the week. This week, it's from Jared Freed. That's at JTrain56. Corinne seems like the type of girl who hates anywhere she's seated in a restaurant. Gotta agree on that. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Kate Dries, and our producer, Nick Offenberg. And if you haven't yet, remember to find Here to Make Friends on iTunes to subscribe and give us a rating and review. We're also on Facebook. Please like us. You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon, and Emma is at Emma Lady Rose. Or you can send us an email at heretomakefriends at huffingtonpost.com. Thanks for listening. We'll both talk to you next week. I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. You're probably already familiar with Vogue. You know, the publication that has given audiences an exclusive inside look at fashion and cultural moments for more than 100 years. You can expect no less from Vogue's podcast, The Run-Through with Vogue. Meet the influential people behind the scenes of fashion's greatest moments, from designers and creative directors to Vogue editors and the woman behind the infamous Vogue closet. Get inspired while listening to the creative processes of people like author Zadie Smith, fashion designer Tori Birch, and uh, recent star of the Super Bowl, Usher. Go beyond the pages of Vogue with The Run-Through, available wherever you get your podcasts.